This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Now, Jacob, not only has he got the problem that his daughter, Dina, has been sexually defiled, Now he's got the problem of Levi and Simeon are defiled with murder, and now all of his sons are are now guilty of robbery as they stole all the wealth. So Jacob's home has just become a, a, a disaster, and to make matters worse, his home has now swelled with new individuals. Who are these people? These are little children, and these are the wives of the murdered men of Shechem. I mean, what do you think those, those children, what do you think those children of their murdered fathers and what do you think those wives of the murdered husbands thought about Jacob and his family? I mean, can you imagine Jacob going out to those children and those family in the morning and say, good morning to you. <laughs> imagine the reply, good morning? Your son's just murdered my father. Or good morning, your son's just murdered my husband. This is part of his home now. Jacob's home is a disaster zone. And the Christian who lives in the world just like the lost, he can expect his home to become a disaster. And there was even more catastrophe for Jacob when he said in verse 30, look at verse 30, Genesis 34, 30, Genesis 34, 30, and Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have troubled me to make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land among the Canaanites and the Perizzites, I being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. So Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, first he said, you troubled me to make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites and Perizzites. You know, Jacob was called by God, as every believer is, to bring the knowledge of God to the people around Jacob was called by God to bring the knowledge of God to the Canaanites around him. Jacob was called to be a light to the people around him, to be a good witness, to be a good testimony to the people among whom he lived. But instead of being a good testimony to the people around him, Jacob had been made to stink. 
all stemming from disobedience to God. And we are called to bring the knowledge of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the people around us. And when we're worldly and not obedient to God, we lose our testimony. We're not a good witness. Whenever a Christian is worldly in his life, then eventually it'll be a stink to the, to the lost. And this is the other consequence of a disobedient and worldly Christian. His witness and his testimony goes sour. So Jacob now is in a world of trouble with his daughter sexually defiled, his son's, his, his son's murderers and thieves, his witness is stinking, and he's afraid that he's gonna be destroyed. And all this has come because he didn't obey God. And so at this point, Jacob has every reason to sit down and look back on his life and get really, really depressed with the knowledge that this all came from his decision to not obey God. And so now we can see Jacob's thinking about going down to the Coronado Bridge and jumping over, right? And, but now comes the brightest part of the whole history. Before he goes down to the Coronado Bridge, God steps in, in chapter 35, verse one, Genesis 35, one, 35, one. God said to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel, dwell there, and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. So God does not come to Jacob and say, well, that's a fine mess you made out of your life. I mean, here I protected you, I provided for you, I gave you a family, and now look what you've done, you ruined it all, you should be ashamed of yourself. That's not what God did, not at all. That's not who God is, and God does not make Jacob look back on his life and feel that way. But God speaks to Jacob, and he speaks about what he should do now. God tells Jacob, Jacob, this is how you recover. This is your road to recovery. And at this point, Jacob's life is in a state of death. And then when God speaks to Jacob now, it's like a resurrection from the dead. It's like, and God's word came to Jacob like a resurrection of hope. Well, there's hope for me? Yes, Jacob. And that's who God is. When a Christian who's made a total mess of his life and he's thinking about the Coronado Bridge, jumping over, that's the time when God's word comes and it brings a resurrection of hope. And his resurrection of hope is this, these words that we have from 1 John 1, 9, for example. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Luke twenty two thirty two, Luke twenty two thirty two, where he told Peter, Peter, it's gonna go really rough for you, but I've prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And Isaiah 27, 5, Isaiah 27, 5, she says to the weak who has no strength, let him take hold of my strength that he may make peace with me and he shall make peace with me. So Jacob now rises to God's word of resurrection of hope and he announces to his family in verse two, Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods among you and be clean and change your garments. Now that's a shock for us to read when we read this, strange gods that are among you, strange gods all throughout Jacob's family. How could this be? That's a compromise. Compromise is always bad for the Christian. When we read strange gods, by the way, strange god, strange god is not a good translation. In Hebrew, it reads gods of the strangers, gods of the strangers. That's important for us to always keep those in mind those words, of the strangers, of the strangers, because the meaning is that those gods of the lost, they have no place 
in the family of Jacob. When we read gods of the strangers among you, our response should be, what in the world? But they, because they have no place in Jacob's life. And for us, there's music, there is movies, there are movies, there are entertainments, there are websites around us, and those are all of the strangers, of the strangers to God. They have no place in our lives. I don't like to watch movies and that are not Christian movies because I feel so out of place when I look and I hear God say to me, like he said to Elijah in, in 1 Kings 19.9, 1 Kings 19.9, he came thither into a cave and lodged there and behold, the word of the Lord came unto him and said, what doest thou here, Elijah? I don't want God to say to me in movie house, what are you doing here, Tom? <laughs> because I think to myself, I don't belong here. I don't belong here watching this movie because this movie is of the strangers. This movie is of the strangers of God, the people who are strangers to God. This is the best. So Jacob tells his family in verse two, Genesis 35, two, 35, two, two words, be clean, be clean. This is what repentance looks like. Looks like here. It, the, repentance is starts in the heart. Be clean, then change your clothes. You got blood on your clothes. All the blood of the Shechemites this is terrible. But first, be clean inside. You know, repentance comes before coming to God. Isaiah 1, is the, it starts off Isaiah 1, where God says to Israel, oh, Israel, you're really in bad condition. You're a people laden with iniquity, sinful nation, seed of evildoers, corruptors. It's terrible, the list. But then he says, he says in verse 16, Isaiah 1, 16, Isaiah 1, 16, he says, wash you, make you clean, Put away the evil doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Then after that happens, that's in verse 16, Isaiah 1, 16. After that happens, after a person turns away from the moral filth, then comes verse 18, Isaiah 1, 18, Isaiah 1, 18. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The worldly Christian must first turn away from the world before he can turn to God. As it says in, in, in 1 Thessalonians 1.9, 1 Thessalonians 1.9, you turn from idols to the living God. Then Jacob rose to this, rose up, he grows to the place that he has fallen away from. He has fallen away from being the spiritual leader in his home, and now he's a spiritual leader, and he said, and, and you can see this especially in verse four, Genesis 35, four, 35, four, verse four. They gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand and all their earrings that were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under an oak which was by Shechem. Those earrings were amulets. Those earrings were used to scare off evil spirits, that's what they, those earrings were what they trusted in to appease the false gods. The lost around them relied on those earrings to keep them safe, and they got those earrings when they, when they took everything from the Shechemites. So now that Jacob has taken his stand as the leader in the home, we can see all his family now lining up and handing Jacob the false gods and the earrings, and we can see, Rachel, you come to the front of the line here. No, Rachel, we need those false gods. You know those false gods you stole from your father, Laban? Hand them over. And Jacob now has he's become aware of that she has these false gods, and he never took them away before, but now he takes them away. And then we can imagine all the sons uh, uh, lining up with their heads down in shame as they hand over the false gods that they have taken from the Shechemites, their earrings that they had stolen. 
And Jacob now buries them in Shechem because he knows he cannot approach God with those idols, with those earrings still in his possession. They have to be left in Shechem. So he buries them in an oak in Shechem. Now, Jacob has made his move of getting rid of the idols and he's gonna serve God in the earrings. And now, but he's left with this great fear that he told to Levi and Simeon when he said, he said, I being in, in verse 30, Genesis 34, 30, 34, 30, as we saw, he told them, he said, I being few in number, they shall gather themselves against me and slay me and I shall be destroyed in all my house. And he had a reason to be afraid. I mean, he knew that, that he was very vulnerable and he thought, boy, as soon as word spreads around of what my family's done to the Shechemites, the Canaanites gonna say, we have to get rid of that group. They're bad. Then came the help of God. In verse five, Genesis 35, five, 35, five. They journeyed and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. Jacob made his move toward God and God helped Jacob because God is for Jacob. And that's true of us. All we gotta do is be like Jacob and we can sincerely make our move to obey God, to move them in that direction. God will help us. God helps anyone. Now, Jacob finally did make it back to Bethel. And the first thing he does in verse seven, Genesis 35, seven, verse seven, is he builds an altar. He built there an altar and he calls this place El Bethel. Oh, I'm so glad that Jacob gives all these names to the altar because it's so revealing. It says there, he, he called it El Bethel because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. So Jacob looked around and he, gets, and he finds those rocks that he had, had put up there 30 years ago for this pillow. And it says in verse 14, 35, 14, 35, 14, Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he, where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone, and he poured a drink offering thereon and he poured oil thereon and Jacob called the name of the place where God spake with him, Bethel, house of God. Just like he promised, he set those stones up in that pillar in the exact place where God had spoken to him 30 years ago. And he pours the oil over those stones and he fulfills his vow. He said, I, I, I promised it and here I am. I'm doing it now, the house of God. That's a happy scene for us to see. He's pouring oil over the rock and he's finally obeying God. He's living up to his promise. Can't you just see Jacob? He's just sitting there saying, I should have done this long ago. It's been 30 years, but finally these stones get what I promised, fresh oil again, dedication of this place with the name of Bethel, the house of God. But Jacob now put up another altar, another altar in verse seven, where he said, he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared to him when he fled from the face of his brother. That's an important altar. That's a really important altar there because the name that he gives it, El Bethel, is really important. Why is that so important? Because El Bethel means God of the house of God. Bethel is house of God, God of the house of God. Now, at first, in Genesis 28, Jacob was all impressed with the ladder and the angels and the gate of heaven. So he calls this place, well, El, he calls it Bethel, Bethel. House of God, that's what he does. That's his first altar name. But now Jacob, Jacob now is all impressed not with the house of God. Now you remember, and then the second one is that he's all impressed with God protecting him. El Elohe Israel, God, you be my protector of me, all right? But now he's not impressed with the house. 
He's not impressed with God has to protect him. He's impressed with God. God of the house of God has filled all of Jacob's vision. Fill all my vision. That's what's happened with this statement of El Bethel. Jacob is now making the statement that God's more important than the house of God. And it, you know, um, uh, as Christians, it's very easy for us to become impressed with the house of God. Oh, the grandeur of the church building and the orchestra of the church and the vibrant singing and the people and the pastor. And all that is being impressed with Bethel, the house of God. But it's totally different than being impressed with the El Bethel, the God of the church, the God of the house of God. And that's what God wants from us, to love the Lord God of the church more than the church. It's a healthy prayer. Lord, make me to love El Bethel over Bethel. Make me to love the God of the house of God over the house of God. And that's why this name is so important when Jacob gives this name, El Bethel, because it's so important. And at this point, now, this point, it looks great. I mean, Jacob is returned to God. He's obeying God. And now we can think, oh, this is great. It's gonna be no more troubles now for Jacob. Everything's gonna be clear sailing. That's not true. And that's never true of a Christian because 2 Timothy 3.12, 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's a formula. And after Jacob now has obeyed God, Jacob has problems to deal with. And the problems that he has to deal with are a series of deaths. Deaths. First, he has to deal with the death in verse 8, Genesis 35, 8, 35, 8, verse 8. But Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak, and the name of it was called Elon Bukuk. We can only assume that Rebekah, Jacob's mother, his, his, his ally in the home, that she had died earlier, and that she was, and then, or therefore, but now the only person that Jacob has to remind him of his mother is Deborah. And she had been, Rebekah's, his, mother, his mother's faithful nurse, and, and so she dies now. This is very disturbing. And so Jacob has to deal with the death of Deborah, because, but, but he can do that because now Jacob has El Bethel. He has the God of the house of God. And the next person to die is in verse 19. Verse 19. And Ra- 35, 19. And Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrat, which is Bethlehem. Now Jacob has lost his favorite, Wife, it seems so strange to say favorite wife, but that's the way it was. He has a favorite wife, the one he sacrificed so much for. He worked 14 years to get Rachel, and they only seemed like a few days because of the love that he had for her. And we can, Jacob could hardly imagine, what's life gonna be like without my beloved Rachel? But Jacob is able to deal with the, Jacob, with the, with the death of Rachel because now Jacob has El Bethel. He has God of the house of God. The next death, the last death that he's got to deal with is in verse 29, Genesis 35, 29, 35, 29. Isaac gave up the ghost and died and was gathered unto his people, being old and full of days, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. So, by the way, it's a tender scene to see sons together burying their, their dad. But Isaac's, Jacob's father, he dies. He's the patriarch 
of the family. He's the one, only one, that only loved one woman in his life, Jacob's mother, Rebecca, no other wives. And Jacob had repented, and he saw how God had chosen, I mean, Isaac had repented, and he saw how God had chosen Jacob, and in the end, Isaac consciously blessed Jacob, gave him the blessing. But again, how's Jacob gonna deal with the death of his father, Isaac? Because Jacob now has El Bethel, God of the house of God. But deaths were not the only trial that Jacob had to deal with. There is a trial that was particularly painful. He never got over this, the pain of this, the hardness of this, and this is the trial with Reuben, which is in verse 22, Genesis 35, 22. 35, 22. Came to pass when Israel dwelt in the land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard it. Now, Jacob's son, Reuben, now goes and rapes his wife, Bilhah. How could Reuben have done this? The family had just dealt with the rape of the daughter, Dina. How could Reuben now rape Jacob's wife? But again, Jacob was able to deal with this Reuben raping his wife because now Jacob had El Bethel. He had God of the house of God. You know, Reuben had been one that had taken the spoil of the Shechemites and justified it because one of the Shechemites had raped his sister Dina. But now he's guilty of rape. Well, Reuben was critical of the Reuben of the, of the Shechemites. He was critical of the Shechemites for rape. Reuben has raped in his heart, and this comes out later. It's come out now. This shows the sins that we are the most critical of in others are the sins that we are the most guilty of. But there's another reason. There's another lesson here as we look here at, at Reuben, and it comes out when we, when we go back and look at Reuben as a little boy. He's a little boy in Genesis 30, verse 14. Genesis 30, verse 14. In Genesis 30, verse 14, Reuben is a little boy. It says, and Reuben went in the days of the wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them unto his mother Leah. Now, mandrakes are an Afri- were an aphrodisiac that caused a man to want to come together with a woman. And Reuben had this unhealthy interest in the sexual realm that he didn't control as a boy. And so what happens is a man, it blossoms out into this gross sexual sin. That's what sexual sins do. They don't stay stagnant. They grow to more and more sin. Now, God looking over all this mess in in Jacob's life has one word for Jacob. And he says in verse 10, looking back over it, Genesis 35, 10, 35, 10. God said unto him, thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called anymore Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. You know what God's saying there? God's saying, Jacob, I repeat (laughs) what I told you before. Your name is Jacob. Will you please stop living like Jacob and start living like Israel? And that's God's message to us. Don't be worldly. Live like Israel. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your great, great patience, Lord, your great love, your great understanding. Lord, we thank you that how, how we can see that when, when one of your own goes astray, that you corner and you break and you straighten and you crown. And when he goes astray again, that you, Lord, let it all happen, the terrible, and then you're right there with the resurrection of hope. And we thank you, Lord, for your correcting words as well. Lord, you are 
our light in our darkness. In Jesus' name. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.